What does a new city and a new earth look like? What does it sound like? Maybe like this. Sometimes one individual can take a stand which acts as a beacon, a lighthouse, a vision of hope, a prophecy of what could be and must be for the rest of us. And we can list them, can't we? These lighthouse folk, these men and women throughout history who, in ways big and small, have changed the world. Today's reading is a lighthouse reading waking us up to the wonder that God's home is among mortals, that God will dwell with us as our God and that we will be God's people and that God herself will be here, wiping every tear from our eyes. What does a new city and a new earth look like? What does it sound like? Maybe like this. On May the 27th, 1992, at 4pm, a shell killed 22 civilians lined up in front of a bakery in the besieged city of Sarajevo. The cello player, Vedran Smavalok, had had enough. He decided that he would go and play the adagio in C minor of Albanoni for 22 days, at the same hour at 4pm, at the very location where the shell fell. He was 37 at the time, and looking back on that period, he describes himself and his friends as being totally naive. So great was their confidence in their unity and plurality, he says that even when they were watching what was happening in other parts of Yugoslavia, they felt absolutely certain that similar destruction could never happen in Sarajevo, that it would be impossible to destroy such strong unity, such civilization, such glasses of wine in the square on a summer evening and children skipping on cobblestone streets. That dream was shattered in 1992. Reflecting back, he said, I was completely enraged by what was happening. I felt utterly powerless to do anything about it. Sound familiar? He was neither a politician nor a soldier, just a musician. How could he possibly do anything about the destruction? And then it dawned upon him. He would do what he had always done. He would play. So every evening after that, at 4pm, he would walk to the middle of the street where the massacre had occurred. He would be dressed formally as for a performance, and there he would sit. On a battered camp stool placed in the crater made by the shell, his cello in his hand, playing music. And all around him, mortar shells and bullets would fly. 
He played to ruined homes. He played to smouldering fires and to the people hiding in basements. He played for life, for peace and for the possibility of a hope that exists even in the darkest hour. He played until December 1993. He played in graveyards and bomb sites. He decided to make a daily offering for a prayer for peace. Feminist theologian Elaine Pagels writes that the book of Revelation was written by John of Patmos to take aim at the Roman Empire after what is now known as the Jewish War in 66 CE. This war saw Jewish people in Jerusalem fired up with a religious fever and an outrage at the invaders and they waged an all-out war against Rome's occupation of Judea. And their defeat resulted in the desecration of Jerusalem and its great holy temple. Pagels interprets Revelation as a scathing attack on the decadence of Rome by a man in exile, a man humiliated and a man filled with pain. It is written by a man imagining a new heaven and a new earth and asking what would that, what could that, what must that look like? Do you know what? I think that the thing about the new heaven and the new earth is that it, like Rome, well, it probably can't be built in just a day. And that it requires not just the lighthouse people, but all the rest of us to bring it into being. One man, one lighthouse man who did more than his bit was Bob Hawke. Because of him and those who worked and fought alongside him, we are now just that little bit closer to the new heaven and the new earth, where Antarctica is not a quarry, and where Tasmania's iconic Franklin River is not flooded, and where Queensland's Daintree rainforest is not a timber plantation, and where in Australia we have a universal healthcare system which is the envy of the world. Bob Hawke, the man whose father was a preacher who grew up knowing what it was to be poor, who grew up as a leader in the trades union movement and who was part of changing Australia, changing it for the good. Bob Hawke, credited most often for his economic reforms, but he himself was most proud of the work he did fighting the abomination that was apartheid. Bob Hawke, he left a tremendous legacy of protecting the earth's wilderness. In 1983 election, there was a major environmental issue, just like the one that we have been facing with the Adani coal mine. Their battle was the proposed damming of the Franklin River in Tasmania. Labor promised to halt the project if elected, and it duly did so, winning the court case later that year. That is what lighthouse leadership looks like. A new heaven and a new earth here and now. Australia stands on the cusp of a new era. Only time will tell what sort of leader our re-elected PM will be. Will he be part of the cowardice that bows down before capitalism and nationalism and mining magnates set out to pillage and destroy for the sake of profit? Or will he be part of continuing to usher in as we are all called to do with the life that is given us? The new heaven and the new earth for all kith and kin. We all have our fears and our hopes, and we all need lighthouses. 
But even if perhaps we do not have one currently as our leader, we can still burn with the fire of Lighthouse's past and we can maintain the rage for justice and we can decide to never give up fighting for our children and our grandchildren and a new heaven and a new earth.